Grab your bat microphone, it's time to start the show. Like a quarter of hours, the mystery is starting to grow. Let there be no debate, it's about to begin. Keen like Bruce Wayne, quick like Tim Drake, fierce like Damien. Grab your headphones, listen up, you know you love it, drop the facade. Like the Dark Knight Detective, they've got some perspective. They're a pure crime fighting collective. It's the Bat Pod. Welcome to the Bat Pod. My name is Bill Beer. <laughs> joining me tonight, Jay Loving. Good evening, everyone. How's it going? Going well. That's good. That's good. So tonight on the podcast, we are going to be doing Batman number 95, Detective Comics 1024. And classic Batman number 251, a little Stump the Co-Host, and Topic of the Week. Are you ready? I am ready. Let's head to the books. The Bat Pod is a spoiler podcast. Please read the comics we're reviewing so you can enjoy the show. We are a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Our first book tonight is Batman number 95, your writer is James Tinian IV. Artist, Jorge Jimenez. Colors, Tamu Mori. Letters, Clayton Cow. Cover, Jimenez, Mori, variant cover, Francisco Matina. Associate Editor, Dave Welgas. And Editor, Ben Abernathy. And in this issue, we see a flashback with Batman taking on the Joker's carnage in the early days. Lucius Fox is infected with the Joker toxin is being questioned by Punchline. The Joker buys the Monarch Theater and fills the seats with his Joker toxin victims. Batman reaches one of his many caves at Tri-Corner Yards and is taken by surprise by Punchline, who infects him with a Joker venom fear toxin concoction, and it ends with a Joker-eyes back wing shooting at Batman. So, we start off in this book and we get a flashback from the very first meeting with the Joker, it looks like, or somewhere close, because he, he Batman has figured out what the Joker is about. The Joker is all about the game. It's all about the game for him. And uh, you see uh appearance of Alfred there. I did like, like that, uh, seeing Alfred again. I, re- I really enjoyed this issue. I know I didn't really know what to expect or where it was going, but it was kind of interesting. What did, what did you think? Well, after all this waiting and hoopla, we are now off and running on the Joker War. This was the first first book of the Joker War, so we're off on that. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I They do go into an explanation of, you know, it was a hostile takeover, and they talk about embezzlement again with Bruce Wayne. And I'll be honest, I didn't know exactly what a hostile takeover was. So I kind of looked it up, and it's basically somebody wants to buy a company and goes over the head of the controlling, whoever the controlling owner is, and he goes actually to the shareholders and offers to buy out the company. Out for money, and in this case, because Bruce Wayne was wanted for embezzlement because of you know giving assets to Batman and equipment and inventions to Batman, 
that's why the the Joker was able to take over this. But we see Lucius Fox here, and he's under a small dose of the Joker toxin. As I said, he's being questioned by Punchline. He's trying to find out where all these mini caves are at. Do you like Punchline's continued development here? I am liking it. It seems to be gradual. Yeah. Yeah, we seem to be getting more and more each issue. They they seem to be very prepared for this, you know, attack on Batman and it's this time it's very personal with the Joker. Um he's going right at, at his assets and his company. I don't think Lucius Fox is going to die from that. It looks like he had a a slight dose there. I don't think right. there's anything to worry about. But one of the cooler scenes in this book is when we show it arrives at uh, Park Row, you know, the Monarch Theater, where Bruce Wayne and his parents went to see the Mark of Zorro. And you all know what happened. So when I saw that and the Joker is trying to buy that, it's all about everything that he's doing here is just more and more personal. More and more personal. So I am interested to see where this is actually going. I thought that was pretty cool. I like the dialogue in here, you know, between the Joker and the the owner. And he apparently offered him a lot of money to buy this because Bruce Wayne would try to, you know, make an offer over the years. But he he, uh, didn't accept, so it's kind of interesting. So did you have any uh, favorite parts in this book that you wanted to point out? I also liked that interaction between the theater owner and Joker. He was looking through the archives to try to find the Mark of Zorro. It brings back a question to my mind. It's like, when did Joker connect Bruce Wayne with Batman? I've been a loss of remembering when that happened. Yeah, I don't know. You know, there's this thing that's been around for a while that Maybe the Joker has known for a long time and just didn't care. I don't know if we're going to know, but that would have been at least cool to see when that would happen or if that would happen, that sort of thing. Oh, I absolutely believe that he wouldn't care. I mean, right, it, right, it, yeah. It you know, really doesn't matter. Punchline made a comment about, which she mentioned both Batman and Bruce Wayne in one sentence, indicating that she doesn't know. She didn't know, know so... He's kind of keeping that information to himself. He's not spreading it to, you know, his inner circle. So, I don't know. We also see, you know, Bullock. And Bullock is still the commissioner. And you got to wonder, when is Gordon coming back? Do you think he's going to make it back for this art? I just don't know. I mean, he's been gone a while. Yeah, he's been gone a while. And it looks like the mayor is in with the Joker and his uh, lawyer. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens. and I mean, it's just getting into this, but I would like to see some some things ramp up a little bit. You know, it feels like, you know, the arc before is leading into this, and this arc is just... It needs to ramp up a little bit. Right. Because it feels like the story has been going... The setup for the story has been going on for a while, so... I would think so. I did enjoy it. The art is spectacular as always yes i'm not familiar with the work of this particular artist jorge jimenez but uh it was very satisfying much like the art of whoever's been doing this previously i mean you do i didn't notice a a noticeable 
difference in the artwork as from previous issues. So there's some kind of continuity there that's working out pretty well. Oh, yeah, yeah. The two art teams kind of going back and forth, that, that sort of has worked pretty well. The one thing I wanted to ask you is, what did you think of the new bat suit? I like it. I like the way it looks. It's very futuristic looking. Now, as what the purpose of it is going to be, that's even more intriguing. Yes. I mean, people were going crazy because there was a rumor that that was going to be Batman suit going on in the future, and they say it might be in a flashback, so who knows? But I am curious as to what the, the new suit is in the Joker War, because Joker obviously wants Batman to wear it, but for what purpose is or unless he's got another character, he's going to be wearing it. What abilities this new suit has or anything. We just don't no. know enough about it. We do know is that a new character is coming up pretty soon called the Clown Hunter. I saw some uh, pictures of him. Sounds kind of interesting. I guess we'll see how this goes. I did I did enjoy the this opening issue of that. So. Yes. As you said, there was a lot of apparent commotion about the new suit thinking it was going to be the new bat suit and james tynan went out on twitter and said no this is not the new bat suit it's for a specific purpose in joker war and that will be it so well i did hear an interview with him most recently and he expressed bringing the joker back this time he said he always appreciated or liked it when the joker had henchmen the Joker had henchmen back in the, the 70s and the 80s and that sort of thing, and he brought back the Joker henchmen, which that's kind of cool. He he did have underlings or henchmen or thugs or whatever you want to call them, so I found that aspect to be pretty interesting. Actually, and I'm liking, I'm liking the development we get with Punchline. She's very different, I think deliberately being portrayed differently than... Harley Quinch. Oh, Punchline's yeah. very, very serious, straight to business. I mean, there's no because of nothing whimsical about her. Right. She's been around for a while because apparently, you know, she mentioned this concoction of the venom, Joker toxin, and fear toxin that she's been working on this for like a year or something like that. So this has been in the works for a while. I'm. I do. I do like the character it's interesting it's it's different from harley quinn you know in this book at some point that her and harley quinn are gonna you didn't see uh, harley quinn got like her throat slit you didn't see what happened to her but of course she's not going anywhere no of course not like i say i'm just glad to see joker war finally get off the ground and hopefully it moves at a pretty good pace because there's only six issues of this in the arc you know, 95 through 100 yeah. of the main story. So it's going to have to move. Have to move quick quicker life. than the, the previous arc. So, okay. We will go ahead and head to topic of the week. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Atomic batteries to power. And welcome to Topic of the Week. And the topic this week is something that we wanted to revisit here because I hadn't gotten Jay's opinion on this. And 
It's her favorite Batman, either in live action or or anywhere, like Batman animated series, movies, TV shows. And we're going to give her top three. So, Jay, I'll put you on the spot, and you get to go first. My number three is Adam West from the Batman TV show and from the movie Batman 1966. Very nice, very nice. That's actually my number three was... There a particular reason that you picked him? Uh, he's just, that's what introduced me to Batman. You know, when I was eight years old, when that show has started going into syndication, and, you know, that's what got me started as a Batman fan and eventually led me to comic books. I watched that show every afternoon after school. It came on, I think, at like 3.30, 4 o'clock, so I'd get home from school and watch Batman. I watched those reruns and syndication over and over and over again so just yeah yep and i i saw the reruns of that that wasn't necessarily my first introduction to batman but that's the one that really stands out and the voice and you know him and robin and you know they had little quirks it was kind of you know kind of kind of based on what we've seen in the comics you know earlier before the 60s so uh, that's my number three also, and I did enjoy him, and he's like an iconic Batman, for yeah. sure, for sure. So, did you have a number two? My number two was Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Of Batman and The Return of Batman. I just thought he did an extremely good job in those movies. I thought the movies were well done. It's hard to have a good Batman if the movie's not good. He was quite different than the particular portrayal of Batman. Other than, you know, he's not the hulking figure, but I just thought he brought a good attitude. I mean, I thought he got brought the right attitude to that to that role. No, I really enjoyed, um, and I mean, that was like the first major Batman movie. That wasn't like your Batman '66 from the TV right. show, but I was so excited. I was a senior in high school. I was actually just had graduated from high school when that come out, and I was so excited for that, and to see Batman and the Joker on the big screen, I just thought that that was incredible. So, yeah. So my number two, actually, was Ben Affleck, and... Of course, my first experience with Ben Affleck as Batman was in Batman vs. Superman. And I really enjoyed that movie. And when I talk about that movie, I'm talking about the ultimate version, not the original release version, because I like the ultimate version so much better. But it's a, it's a Batman that has been in Gotham for 20 years. It's a Batman that you know, is almost depressed, basically, of what happened in the Man of Steel movie. So we see some things maybe we don't or nor ordinarily see with a Batman in the comics because this Batman has weapons on the Batmobile, but the way he portrayed him, I really, I really enjoyed him as a character, so. I really enjoyed Affleck. He almost made my list. I just like I say he's an older portraying an older Batman, much more cynical than any of the other portrayals. Mm-hmm. 
Like he's been doing this for 20 plus years. And, you know, Batman can be cynical in the comics, but there's always a little bit of a, you know, you always, you always have that underlying, well, hope for things better. And Affleck's portrayal is almost to the point where he's just, you know, almost given up on things ever getting that much better. You know, he continues to do what he does, but, you know, there's a deep cynicism and you know, almost, a, almost a sadness in there that he, of his portrayal. Yeah, and it's really too bad we didn't get a solo movie um, from that portrayal. Yes, I'd like to see a younger Batman is what looks like that we're getting, but uh, it would have been, you know, interesting to see a solo movie and what they would have done with it. And I'm, and I'm interested to see this Justice League, you know, Zack Snyder's Justice League, to see exactly what they're going to do with it and uh, what the differences are and that sort of thing. So Yeah, I am too. Look forward to that. So what was your number one? My number one was Kevin Conroy. Okay. Of the animated series. And I know a lot of people say, well, it's not really live action. Well, not specifically, but, um, you know, I wasn't, I'm a little bit older, so I wasn't a kid when that animated series came out. I was fully an adult, but gosh, that animated series is so groundbreaking, so well done, so iconic. And his portrayal of Batman and Bruce Wayne both in that were just, I think, impeccable, absolutely impeccable. Absolutely, and absolutely. I think he did more than any character to give us, you know, what Batman was like. You didn't think, you didn't feel like you were watching a animated character almost with his portrayal. And that is like the introduction to Batman for a lot of uh, this newer generation. You know, uh, people that get into Batman, the animated series is one of the things because they brought so much from the animated series into the comics. Um, it's just, it's it's a classic. I didn't, I didn't put it down on my list because I was doing the, the live versions and not uh, any animated or anything like that, but it's, it's hard to argue with, with your pick as far as Kevin Conroy goes. So that was a pretty good pick. So my number one is Michael Keaton. And, just because he was the first Batman that I had experience with, I would have loved to see, and we might get to see, because he's been announced for the Flash movie, coming back wearing the bat suit. So it'd be interesting to see in a uniform, because in that first bat suit, he couldn't really turn his head. It was very stiff. Right. So it'd be interesting to see how he plays an older Batman, but I absolutely love that, the the original movie. Even Batman Returns, it was a little different, but, uh, you know, Tim Burton and that sort of thing, I, d- I did enjoy enjoy that, too. I just liked how he uh, portrayed. Now, Bruce, when it comes to Bruce Wayne, uh, he might not have been my favorite Bruce Wayne, but he, it didn't seem like he really had, he only had a few parts to play as Bruce Wayne to me. You didn't really see him in situations where he could be like this playboy. It was that one party you saw him and you saw him with Vicky Vale but in social situations but that's my number one live action bat. And what are yours? Anybody out there 
have a favorite Batman that we didn't mention, George Clooney, <laughs> or anybody like that, let us know. We might on a future one, as a kind of a aside from this or the opposite of this, do our favorite three Bruce Wayne live action Bruce Wayne betrayals because that's a different list for me. Oh yes, than that that's a different. That's definitely a different list. So yeah, that that would be interesting because you know just mentioning briefly Ben Affleck as one. Yeah. Not a, not. You didn't really see... You saw him as Batman the whole time. You didn't really see Bruce Wayne, in my opinion. Very little, yeah. Yeah, because he was always in that Batman mode. Exactly. Okay, let's go ahead and head to her next book. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. Our next book, Detective Comics... 2024. The story is Fearful Symmetry, Prelude to the Joker War. Peter J. Tomasi and Brad Walker story. Art Hennessy. Andrew Hennessy on the art. Norm Rapman did inks. Brad Anderson on colors. Lee Bermejo variant cover. Still in the Gotham Police Armory, Batman is embattled with the talons that were resurrected by Joker. He asks Harvey Dent, who's still on the prototype mechanical bat suit whose side he chooses and Dent chooses against the Joker so Dent and the members of the Church of the Two begin a fierce battle with the Talon with Batman specifically fighting the Talon Lincoln March now the Joker is watching this melee from a remote location because of a video feed from Lincoln March's mask the Joker tries to give the Talons an advantage by detonating some of the brain bombs in Dent church members Batman's able to subdue, subdue March, and Dent takes out the remaining talons with a deluge of missiles from the bat suit. But the resulting explosion moves the bullet in Dent's brain, and he becomes two-faced again. But Batman paralyzes him in the bat suit, and with the endoscope that was borrowed from Hugo Strange, he's able to remove the bullet, and Two-Face becomes Harvey Dent again. And the ending scene, we see Dent back in prison giving advice, legal advice to inmates, and he gets a, a visit from a man calling himself Matches Malone, who gives Dent the bullet as a gift. So this was a tie-in to the Joker War, but it kind of, but it brings a, the conclusion, the arc that we've been seeing with Two-Face and his Church of the Two. So, your thoughts, would you? I enjoyed this one. I continue to love Brad Walker's art. I just love his art. I hope he continues to stay on this book. I know he's been on it for a while here, and, you know, I I hope he continues to stay on this book, and Peter Tomasi is doing a great job. I didn't, wasn't so sure at the beginning how this would be, but I really like the aspect of, you know, we see he's continuing on from his New 52 story in Batman and Robin where... Two-Face, you know, plays Russian roulette, basically. And he shoots himself in the head, but basically he kills or mutes the Harvey Dent side, and he's, and he's all Two-Face. And, and we, we see that here, and we actually see in the story where Batman well, does some brain surgery. Did you know he could do brain surgery? I did, but I'm not surprised. I mean, <laughs> he is Batman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so he does some brain surgery. He moves that 
Bullet, and now supposedly he's he's just Harvey Dent. We'll see how long long that takes. But as I said previously, I do did enjoy the Court of Owls, and I like seeing the Talons, and it was kind of neat to see Two Face in the, the Bat Bunny suit. And the one thing that you know you notice right up front is Batman gets Two Face a choice, and it just isn't a a choice of yes you can be on this side or you can be on this side it's three choices he said you can be on my side you can be on the joker side be on your side he says but yeah and and he had to think think about it and he's like he's against the whatever side is against the joker but you know this brings me back to grant morrison's arkham asylum where you know they train from going to the coin to dice to cards and to make different decisions and it doesn't really work it's like it's like it doesn't work for three decisions but he kind of made his decision there i found that kind of interesting he's a character that i really really like especially when creators get into um his psyche and that sort of thing and i do like that one mind is taking over the other or vice versa. So, do you enjoy how this new, kind of new version of Two-Face is? Yeah, I really did. And I was particularly interested in this Church of the Two that he put together. I would have liked to have seen a little more development along that line of what we saw this. But then again, we, we learned that this was all part of Joker's manipulation yep. of Dent and Two-Face. But, I, yeah, I re- Two-Face is one of my favorite characters just because of the dichotomy that, you know, he can become these two persons. And it's interesting that, you know, Harvey Dent knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman, but Two-Face doesn't, and Dent somehow hides that information from him. Yeah, that is, you can do a lot with this character, a lot of different stories, and this was yeah. a different type of story. The Joker happened to be behind it all. So I also enjoyed the Joker watching, you know, watching the action going on in front of his big TV. Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of interesting, and it looks like the old-style, you know, TV where you have to go up and change the channel kind of thing. So that was kind of interesting. Yeah eating popcorn while he's watching the show. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that was that was pretty good. And I like uh, he took out, Batman took out the, the Talon Lincoln March there with something in his utility belt, something that he got from Mr. Freeze's toys, it says. So that was kind of neat to see. A lot of yeah. good panels in here. So I really did enjoy and I'm curious to see. I know it's going to be tying in. It says Batman, Batwoman at Joker War. I'll be curious. We haven't seen her in a bit. No, we haven't. So, yeah. Let's go ahead and head to your favorite. Stomp the co-host. Hey, I'm going for the trifecta. I won the last two. So. We will see. <laughs> It's time for the BatPod Stump the Co-Host segment. Welcome to Stump the Co-Host. And on this episode of Stump the Co-Host, we always have a theme. And our theme is the Joker. 
Are you studied up on the Joker? We have a lot of Joker in this episode, so I'm sure you you studied up. There will be cash and prizes as always, and you always want the cash and prizes. So, the first question. Before Punchline and Harley Quinn, Joker once had another sidekick. What's the name of that sidekick? Is it A, Bobo? Is it B, Gagsworthy? Is it C, Jimbo? Or is it D, Batty Boy? Ah, say those again. A, Bobo? B, Gagsworthy? C, Jimbo? D, Batty Boy? I think it's B, Gagsworthy. If you said B, Gagsworthy... You were correct. Gagsworthy, or Gaggy, was a dwarf who ran away from the circus to help the Joker with crimes, and that was from Batman number 186. One for one, you're on a roll, you're on a roll. So, our next question is Joker quotes, and I'm going to name four quotes. You tell me the one that was not said by the Joker. A. If I went crazy, I'd be insane. B. Has anybody told you you have a serious impulse control problem? C. I'm not mad at all. I'm just differently insane. Or D. If I weren't insane, I couldn't be so brilliant. So A. If I went crazy, I'd be insane. B. Has anybody told you you have a serious impulse control problem? C. I'm not mad at all. I'm just differently insane. Or D, if I weren't insane, I couldn't be so brilliant. I'm going to go with number with C. C. Number C. Are you sure? Uh, B sounds familiar. I'm pretty sure that he said that. C. So C. I'll say with C. Okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, it was B. Has anybody told you you have a serious impulse control problem? And that was said by the Riddler in Batman Forever. That is true. I knew it was familiar, (laughs) but I was thinking Joker that said it. So that was good. So, you didn't win the cash and prizes. Of course, you want to know what you would have won, don't you? Yeah, of course. Well, you would have won Jack Napier's makeup kit. With this makeup (laughs) kit, are you tired of wrinkles? What has old age done to your face? Do you want to be 10 years younger? Do you want some self-confidence back? With Jack Napier's makeup kit, you can do just that. Are you excited? You want to look a little younger? If there was anything I needed, that would be the Jack Napier's makeup kit. (laughs) Only one problem, of course. After prolonged use, it tends to leave a permanent smile on your face, so you got to be careful with that. Right. So that was Stump the co-host. I probably drove away all our listeners or people watching live on YouTube. They went flying. Let's go ahead and head to our next book. People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy, and I can't do that as Bruce Wayne. As a man, I'm flesh and blood. I can be ignored. I can be destroyed, but as a symbol... As a symbol, I can be incorruptible. I can be everlasting. What symbol? Something elemental, something terrifying. In our next book tonight 
is Batman number 251. Cover date is September of 1973. Your writer is Denny O'Neill. Artist, Neil Adams. Editor, Julie Schwartz. And in this issue, the Joker has escaped from the mental hospital for the criminally insane and is seeking revenge due to someone in his old gang who ratted him out. Batman is on the case, and he seeks out Joker's old gang, but narrowly misses the Joker each time before he kills. Using his detective skills, Batman deduces the location of the Joker's hideout by a strange mixture of sand and oil. Batman wrestles with the shark. The Joker is taken out by the Batman on the beach due to an oil slick and ends with Batman making a joke. But the Joker isn't laughing. I picked this back issue, and it's one of those classic covers. If you have, like, some of the top back issues of Batman and what people, you know, have to have, or or it's one of those key issues, it's Batman 251. Because this issue is Denny O'Neill's and Neil Adams' reintroduction to the Joker... Uh, they haven't seen the Joker. He actually hasn't been in an issue of comics for four years. His, his last issue was Justice League of America 77. That was about four years earlier, but it was even longer for the Bat Books. He took a break from the Bat Books, and this is his official return. And you, you see his original, the way the Joker was meant to be from the very beginning how the Joker was this this psycho this killer uh, less of you know a prankster and that sort of thing when the comics code authority came came around they sort of changed that this is the Joker as we see him today the elongated jaw and that first page you know you see the Joker close up and he's driving his car after his, he's escaped you know the the hospital, which is Arkham, which is the first mention, uh, the first mention, not mention of Arkham Asylum. They actually, I think it's like seven issues later, where they actually mention in two fifty eight, they mention Arkham Hospital, but this is the first first mention of that. So, w- what are your feelings about this particular book? Do you have a copy of this issue? I do not. I had to go out and get an electronic copy. I don't have a physical copy of that book. Okay. You know, I thought it was a good story. It was, a couple of things that made it a little different. There was humor in this book quite a, in a couple of different places. The first one where he goes to the gym, he's talking to Packy, the boxer. Packy keeps swinging at the heavy bag, but he keeps missing and hitting, hitting Batman. And then Batman gets him back, so... Yeah, absolutely, and the the Joker is, like, one step ahead each time. But the art in this book is, like, incredible. Right. I've mentioned this before. I don't know if I said that recently, but Neil Adams doesn't feel like it's 70s art. It feels like it's it's more of a, a more realistic style, but I love how he draws the Batman in his cape and, you know, him gliding you know, I think some of the best Batman artists really do a good job with with the cape and everything. And you see right in here, 
that this particular, you know, the Joker is all about, you know, Batman and the game with Batman, but you see this particular story isn't really about that. It's about him getting revenge on his cronies or goons or whatever you want to call them. And we actually see, you know, a scene there where he has one up on the the Batman and he has a chance to kill him right there, but he's like, I I figure this is like too easy. I figured we play the long game and I'd be the winner at the end that I'm not just going to kill him to kill him. And you can't say about every Batman villain would do the same thing, but with the Joker that's that's really what he's about and it it really shows from this point on the Joker that we sort of see today, so yes. And there's a couple of times Batman was not on top of his game during this no he wasn't because he let two guys get the drop on him first there was that other <laughs> that kind of silly situation where you let the other guy go back to his apartment to get his toothbrush oh right that's yeah that's pretty silly <laughs> can I go get my toothbrush <laughs> like they won't have an t- extra toothbrush in prison seriously um and Batman lets him so oh, that's a reasonable request but then he lets the guy get behind him and who clubs him over the head, and then he's still woozy when Joker gets him. That's how that's how Joker is able to get the slip on him. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Batman. Batman was kind of a kind of a doofus a couple times. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he did uh, figure out where the Joker's hideout when the Joker kicked him, and he had left some sand and oil on his face. Right. So, the the one panel that I was talking about and of course if you're not watching this on YouTube you don't really see it but you can see this panel I really liked yeah the one page panel shows this cape that panel is actually on the cover the dust jacket of the Neil Adams book yeah I thought uh, so it looked familiar art. yeah and that, that particular panel that particular drawing is on on the cover of that book yeah, that's it's just incredible. I even like the shadow, you know, at the bottom. So right, but yeah, the Joker is never big in physical, you know, confrontation. You never see the Joker. Uh, Batman takes him out pretty easily, one to one. And and I know a lot of stories end with the Joker, you know, dying. You know, he fell into the river. He, he something happened to him. You think he's dead, but he's never dead. Here. He just drags him off to jail. Look, he kills a shark in here. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. I always, whenever I think of, you know, see him with a shark, I always think of Batman 66 where he's on the ladder and the shark is hanging. <laughs> oh. And he sprays him with the can of anti-shark bat repellent. Yes, yes. We all should have some of that. We all should, yeah. yes. Anybody goes in the ocean. Yep. So, yeah. That's uh. You have anything else you want to add about this particular? No, it's it a nice little issue. I enjoy yeah, it. Yeah. Worth, worth the read. Yeah, I know it's an issue that I haven't talked about on here, and I always wanted to. And you know, you see those covers. You see, you know, they make signs of these covers. They make posters of this cover. If if you haven't seen this before, it's the Joker. You know, super large over Gotham City and he's holding an ace card and Batman is actually on the ace tied down to the ace card. Pretty good book for only 20 cents way back when. Yeah. 
So we'll go ahead, get ready, and get out of here. If you'd like to contact us and be part of the BatPod, our email is batpodpodcast at gmail.com. Our Twitter is at pod underscore bat. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please consider giving us a review. We'd really appreciate it. Lastly, a big thank you to those who have liked and retweeted the show on Twitter or Facebook. We'll go ahead and uh, get out of here. So we had a good, pretty some pretty good books. It was all Joker all the time this week. You know, yeah. Batman Detective, and it's going to be like that for a little while because the Joker's in Batman and Detective, at least for the next couple of months. He's actually in every Bat-related book you got. Yeah. Nightwing, and he's even in the Red Hood. The Red Hood is like, what's your feeling on the Red Hood? Is that a character that you have any... I don't read it regularly, but... I when I do, I tend to enjoy it. Yeah, do you think he's like a character that's that's you know I don't know if deserving's the word, but you know, is in the Bat family. He doesn't feel it's just the 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 new fifty two and the pre new fifty two had like two different versions of the character. One was sort of like. A Punisher-like character, and this character, he's in better graces with Batman. Which which character do you like better? Um, I don't have a preference. I yeah. like reading about both of them. I okay. Mean, of course, this is Jason Todd, who was actually killed yep. in Batman, but is miraculously one of the miraculously been brought back. Yeah, because um, uh, if you remember, he was originally brought back. Post crisis, uh, Superboy Prime was hitting the the wall of reality. I forget what they call that. And he actually made Jason Todd come back to life. But then, when the New Fifty Two, they have like Talia took his body and put him in a Lazarus pit. Right. So uh, I know we're gonna see the Bat Family more in this. So it'll it'll be interesting. We don't see. Robin hardly ever. I know he doesn't have... I wish we would see Tim Drake more. I know he was in the detective run, but... Right. Or, or I guess now he's called the Drake. Yes, he's not been appearing much. I mean, he was really big in detective comics after re- for Rebirth and for a couple of years, but he's kind of gone away for right now, and we don't see much of Damien, which is a real shame. Damien ought to have his own title. Yeah, I mean, Robin had his own title for a long, long time, and then it just yeah. ended, and he never... It, it would really be interesting. I know some people don't really care for Damien, but it would be interesting to flesh out his character a little more. That would that would be interesting. And, and, you know, we only have two bat books right now. I know they're double shipping, so... I know for a period of time there were like three, three or even four. Batman books? Yeah. Well, there's a couple. Uh, the Batman's Grave is still going. Oh, yeah, that's 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 pretty good. I mean, they had Batman and Robin, the Dark Knight. When the new fi- I guess the new 52 started, and they just blew right. up with Batman books. Yeah. So. Okay. So we'll be back in about two weeks talk about more Batman, more Detective, and uh, an old comic, another topic of the week, and of course, Dump the Co-host. You're back to zero again, so 
better be still have my two wins. So. <laughs> two wins, so yes. Until next time, same bet time, same bet channel. We will see you later. <laughs>